Welcome to... You're listening to The Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the most creative and honest podcast in the entire IWC, that being the Wrestling Takeover. This is episode 221 of the podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Turner. Be sure to subscribe to the Wrestling Takeover on all available podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you anybody out there is new to the podcast, thank you for choosing me. And what you guys will be consistently getting here is reviews, fantasy bookings, uh, talking about all of the latest news and rumors in the world of professional wrestling. Make sure you guys also hit the sub, uh, the subscribe button again on all podcast platforms, and hit the notification bell also, so you guys are up to date when I post. Um, all of the uh, newest episodes on the podcast. We're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite. It's Wednesday, and like Jim Ross says, you know what that means. And y'all know what it is. This is your official AEW post-show review for Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. We're not actually going to kick off with the review first. I actually want to kick off with a news report Coming from Twitter. And this came from the reliable WrestleVotes. So we're going to start with a news report here. That kind of got social media going. Um, AEW kind of mentioned it tonight. And I definitely mentioned it on Twitter. What I'm talking about is the rumor that WWE is interested in acquiring Wardlow. When his contract, you know, eventually expires. So. This is what the tweet from Russell Volts had to say. With his biggest match to date happening tonight, which it did, um, I can confirm without hesitation that WWE will be extremely interested in luring Wardlow away from AEW when his contract is due. There are several people within World Wrestling Entertainment that love his potential. That's what Russell Volts said on Twitter. Got a lot of people talking. You know... You know, I like Wardlow. I'm a fan of Wardlow. He has a great up-tap potential. He really does. And, you know, I think he could be a big baby face in AEW. WWE interested in someone like Wardlow really kind of confirms that, you know, WWE is just not going to get away from the big man game in pro wrestling. And that's their bread and butter. They love those type of looks. Someone that looks like Wardlow. Someone that looks like Bobby Lashley. Someone that looks like Brock Lesnar. Someone like looks like um, Braun Breaker and all these other, you know, big man superstars. So that was an interesting fact. Um, I just wanted to talk about that quickly before I get into the review. Do I think Wardlow is going to leave AEW? We don't know. Uh, Wardlow actually stated that he wants to be an AEW lifer. So that was interesting. 
to say the least. At the end of the day, it's going to be his decision. Money talks, yes, but at the end of the day, Wardlow's going to do what Wardlow wants to do. And if he feels comfortable in AEW, he's going to stay in AEW. If not, and he wants to kind of surround, you know, the free agency, maybe go to WWE, see what happens. And, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. But I love Wardlow. I'm a big fan of Wardlow. He brings a lot to the table. He's great on the microphone. He has a great look to him. He's a future world champion, AEW, when that eventually comes. I'm loving the direction that him and MJF are going in. And I'll get to that when I get to the review. Um, I appreciate the continued love and support that you all have been giving to me. Again, I'm a new up-and-coming wrestling podcast. So I got ways to go in terms of getting to be legitimate and credible in the wrestling community. But I'm going to continue to bust my ass. I'm going to continue to be creative. And I'm going to continue to be consistent. Social media platforms. If you guys can go follow those, I would really appreciate it. One, Twitter, it's at JT Takeover. Um, I love that platform. It's great to get out my wrestling opinion. And, uh, you know, also it's a great platform to promote the podcast. Same thing with this Instagram, excuse me. Uh, follow the podcast on Instagram. I actually have a podcast Instagram account. So um, I post pictures and I, you know, give you guys my thoughts on everything in pro wrestling. And uh, it's a very good to keep up to date with what, you know, what's going on in pro wrestling. That's what that's for. Um, obviously, to promote my podcast as well. So if you guys want to follow my podcast on Instagram, you guys can go do that. It is at The Wrestling Takeover. Again, uh, if you guys want to do that for me, I'd appreciate it. Also, let me promote linktree.com slash Jordan Turner. It is a link to where you guys can get easy access to Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, Google Play, my Twitter account, my Instagram account, and so much more. So if you guys want to go follow that, I would appreciate it again. And it's at linktree.com slash Jordan Turner. Shout out to all the podcasters too, in and around the IWC community. Um, I love promoting podcasters that are up and coming like myself. I love promoting established uh, podcasts out there. You know, some of my favorite podcasts out there are actually Solid Monster, JD from NY206, um, The Wrestling Classic, and so much more that I actually, you know, take the time out of my time to go listen to them. So shout out to you guys. You guys are doing some awesome shit. Uh, let's get to AEW. Let me get my notes. Tonight's episode, I feel like Dynamite was decent. Um, kind of dragged a little bit. Not going to lie. It kind of dragged. But at the end of the day, we're seeing some great storylines. We're seeing Brody King. Brody King, Malachi Black. I love it. I'll get to that a little bit more when I go a little bit in depth on my, I would say, idea that I would do for Malachi Black moving forward. So, AEW Dynamite, you know, review and analysis. Let's get right into it. So, um, we actually kicked off AEW Dynamite with Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish as they came out to start the show. Adam Cole reminded the audience that he is undefeated since coming to AEW and the boys are back together. Quote, it's a new era in AEW. Seeing Adam Cole really makes me sad. 
in AEW. I'm happy for him. I love Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole is top five in pro wrestling. No question about it. But seeing Adam Cole still hurts me because he could have been something special in WWE. They didn't give a fuck about him. Simple. And so he's in AEW. He's having a ball. He's with his girl, right? One of the best women's wrestlers on the planet. One of the best, you know, female competitors in the game right now in Britt Baker. So, so she's doing great. And uh, I love it. So Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, they came out. And the Young Bucks didn't interrupt it. But Kyle O'Reilly wasn't having it. He was not fucking with this whatsoever. I love the tension that Kyle O'Reilly has been, I would say, presenting and coming forth to the Young Bucks, pretty much stating, like, we're straight over here. You know what I mean? We're doing some great stuff over here. We don't really need you to barn to our business and try to change shit up. So I like that. So Kyle O'Reilly is showing some swagger, showing some attitude. He's saying that he didn't need their help or interference. Matt Jackson said, this is our company. Quote, they are the most longest reigning tag team champions in AEW history. They want their belts back. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish want the titles too. And no team will stand between them and those titles, including the Young Bucks, he said. Uh, Then Cole tried to calm everyone down, comparing their accomplishments and their accolades to the best friends who obviously came out and interfered. Now, let me comment on the tag team title situation, you know, and Undisputed Era. I know they have their name changed. I don't know what their name is officially. AEW really hasn't announced it yet, but when they get their official name, I will call them by their official name. But until then, I'm calling them the Undisputed Era. So the Undisputed Era and the Elite, you know, I pitched this idea about the Elite versus, you know, the Undisputed Era, maybe in a War Games match, as that can be, you know, a possibility. I also pitched Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. And then the grand main event, Adam Cole going one-on-one with Kenny Omega. I think all of these things are definitely on top, I would say, priority list in Tony Khan in AEW. So I think that's going to be a great thing to see. The segment was good. Uh, we seen Adam Cole got in Orange Cassidy's face. But Orange Cassidy, over then, you know, he attacked everyone. Orange Cassidy got upper hand, but Adam Cole low below him. And he even scored a super kick to Orange Cassidy. I thought that was cool. Chris Statlander then came out in between Cole and Orange Cassidy. But then DMD Britt Baker ran out and curb stomped Chris Statlander. That was a great curb stomp by Britt Baker. Britt Baker is getting way better, man. Her progression has been great. She has the character. She has the look to her. She has the microphone ability. She's getting even better in the ring. This is a five-tool player. And I rarely say that when describing somebody. You know, when you say a five-tool player, that means they're great at everything. And I'm going to classify Britt Baker as a five-tool player. Might be controversial, but that's my opinion. So, and another thing, you know, people really need to start, you know, not getting upset with people having different opinions in themselves. The IWC community needs to start focusing on that. I progress. Let me move on. So she then super kicked Orange Cassidy. And then Adam Cole came in with a super kick of himself. Followed by the boom. And at the end of the day, 
This was a decent segment. Adam Cole, Britt Baker kissed, and then the segment was over. I thought that was pretty decent. Good opening to AEW. Now, next up, we're going to talk about the opening contest, but first we've seen a video package of Wardlow. Wardlow's going to be something special in AEW. I can't wait to see him progress and, you know, I would say, you know, his package right now is not, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not full packaged yet, you know, and when he eventually becomes what we all know he's going to become, it's going to be great. It really is. And I really cannot wait for MJF versus Wardlow when they go one-on-one win this year. I think that's going to be an awesome match and it's going to be another notch on Wardlow and He's going to be eventually keep climbing that mountain and climbing that mountain. Uh, he's going to be a big star in AEW. They got a big star on their hands in Wardlow. Speaking of Wardlow, he went one-on-one with CM Punk. Every time CM Punk comes out, I smile because I'm so happy he's back in pro wrestling. I really am. So this match was uh, pretty dominant by Wardlow. Dominant um, by Wardlow indeed. He started to beat the shit out of CM Punk. You know, in the beginning of the bell, they start to fill each other out. But then Wardlow just connected with shots all over the place. So CM Punk went into the corner with the knee strike and flipped over MJF. Uh, he flipped off MJF, excuse me, gave him the finger. But Wardlow loses the distraction to turn it into a powerbomb. This is when we've seen multiple powerbombs by Wardlow. Now, at the end of the day, MJF defeated Wardlow via a roll-up pinfall. And that was because of the distraction by MJF. MJF actually wanted Wardlow to consecutively hit power bombs on CM Punk. Wardlow kept saying, nah, I'm not with that whatever. You know, let me just finish this match real quick and then we can go backstage. He didn't say that, but his body language was saying that fact. And MJF wasn't having it. MJF wanted Wardlow to consistently power bomb. CM Punk, which he did successfully, but at the end of the day, CM Punk beat him via roll-up because MJF was a dick, right? He was a dick, and, you know, he he cost Wardlow the match. And after the match, I thought this was interesting. So they seen a back and forth with Wardlow and MJF. MJF was disrespecting Wardlow, right? Making fun of him, pointing the finger at Wardlow's chest consistently, and Wardlow wasn't having it. I love this tease. The tease is continuing, and we are going to eventually get that one-on-one match with Wardlow and MJF. This is going to be great. I cannot wait. I'm very excited. A uh, decent opener in terms of a one-on-one match. You know, let's be honest, the match-wise wasn't all that good, but it's to build the story of Wardlow and MJF. I thought that was great. Next up, we've seen Dante Martin go one-on-one with Powerhouse Hobbs. Dante Martin ultimately defeated Powerhouse Hobbs with, obviously, Ricky Starks with him. This match was all right. Um, Again, most of these matches really went kind of fast tonight, which I didn't like. Towards the end of the match, we've seen Dante fired up an elbow smash and landed a top rope missile dropkick for a two. That was great. He followed it up with a springboard toyloid to the ground. And that was cool. Dante Martin, he reminds me of Ricochet, Will Ospreay in terms of these athletic moves. Ray Phoenix, 
We got some great high flyers in the game right now, and Dante Martin is definitely one of those people. So after that, we see Hobbs cut Dante off with a big impact. Ricky Starks tried to interfere, but Jay Lethal then ran out to cut Starks off. Wow, Jay Lethal came out. Where's Jay Lethal been? I know he's backstage doing stuff. We know that. But I'm talking about on television. We've never seen him in quite some time. After that match with Sammy Guevara, we didn't see him since. So we were kind of concerned what's going on with him. You know, maybe AEW just didn't have anything for him right now. Now they got something for him. So I think that's pretty cool. After the interference by Jay Lethal, uh, we've seen Dante hit a double springboard moonsault for the win. Decent looking match. We got Jay Lethal interfering. It looks like Jay Lethal has maybe his first feud with Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Mainly Ricky Starks, I hope. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, I like a lot. He has a lot of great potential. And again, I'm just happy that Jay Lethal's on television. That's all I can ask for. Because I've been wanting to see him on TV for quite some time. Next up, we've seen Chris Jericho. He flaked by the inner circle. They were inter, uh, interviewed backstage about being named PWI's 2021 Faction of the Year. I don't know about Faction of the Year, but again, people, PWI is just all publicity. It's just all controversy to stir the community up. That's all this is. Um, do I agree that they are Faction of the Year? No. I really don't. Um, I think that should probably go to the bloodline, in my opinion. That's just me. Uh, they promised to dominate the company. I mean, they've been dominating the company since day one, so I don't know why Chris Jericho said that, but it is what it is. He said if 2.0 tries to interfere in the TNT Championship match in the main event, they'll send them packing. Eddie, I love this part. Eddie Kingston walked up and said that Santana and Ortiz would be a great tag team champions without Jericho. Ooh, where are we going, Eddie? This has been teased. We are definitely getting a one-on-one -on -one match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Let me finish this, and then I'm going to come up with a creative idea that I would like to see AEW do. So Chris Jericho got hot. He got heated, but Santana got in everyone to calm down. He got in their faces. Chris Jericho said that if Kingston got involved in the main event, he'd kick his ass. Again, Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho coming very soon. Now, let me uh, come up with an idea here. Let me, you know, try to fantasy book something real quick. Chris Jericho has a show called Talk is Jericho, right? I would love for Tony Khan, Chris Jericho... And Eddie Kingston, even Santana Ortiz, if they want to get involved, but mainly Eddie Kingston. I would really love to see Talk is Jericho and Chris Jericho interview uh, Eddie Kingston. Hash out this beef on Talk is Jericho. I think that would be great. I pitched that on Twitter. Let me know what you guys think about that idea. It's a little idea here and there. I don't think they're going to do it, but I would love to see uh, Chris Jericho's podcast be involved in this storyline. So, again, let me know what you guys think about Eddie Kingston being on Talk is Jericho and having this be a part of, you know, the storyline. 
Next up, we had MJF come out on the ramp, and he's not fucking with anything right now. He's pissed right now. He said Punk had to be feeling uh, a world of hurt after his flush victory over, quote, an oaf tonight. There you go. There's a tease. Continuing, MJF and Wardlow is coming this year. Next week, Punk will take his, will take his first loss in AEW. It seemed like MJF was about to challenge CM Punk to a match, but instead he booked Punk versus Sean Spears. Um, You know, I get what they're doing here. I really do. You know, it feels like a similar feud with Cody Rhodes and MJF, right? Where Cody Rhodes had to face this person. He had to face that person. He had to face another person to eventually get to MJF. I kind of feel that's what AEW is taking here with, you know, CM Punk and MJF. Do I like it? Yeah, I like it. I love this feud. This feud's been great right now. You know, I love that they haven't touched. They haven't started a fight, and it's great. Uh, but Sean Spears versus CM Punk, listen, it should be a good match. I think Sean Spears is very underrated, underutilized, no question. The chairman, I love the gimmick, but I get what they're doing. I just, I'm not really, like, jumping out of my seat for this match next week, but it should be good. Next up, we've seen... Backstage, the Super Click and the Red Dragons. So Adam Cole said Chris Statlander wasn't safe anymore. And he and Britt Baker challenged Statlander and Orange Cassidy to a mixed tag team match. That should be good. That should be really good. Uh, we're doing mixed tag team match. Uh, April Mendez, AJ Lee, sweetheart, where are you at? You know, come to AEW, CM Punk. And AJ Lee versus Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Sign me up. Sign me up. That would be great. So we're going to get a mixed tag team match. Maybe that's next week. We don't know. We'll see. But decent promo about the Super Click um, and Red Dragon. AEW champion Adam Eggman Page. He did a promo. And we actually seen the return of Lance Archer. I've seen a lot of people in the IWC kind of have a problem with this. Um, I'll give you guys my opinion after I read the promo with Adam Engman Page. So he came out with a great, you know, fan love affair reaction. Uh, he said over the past month, he spent 90 minutes in a ring with no, with, excuse me, one of the best in the world. And that would be obviously Brian Danielson, which Brian Danielson is absolutely one of the best pro wrestlers in the world today. There's no question about it. And it wasn't for the AEW World Championship. He said he needs a new challenger. Dan Lambert then rudely interrupted. I love Dan Lambert. He's great. Uh, comparing Page to all of the other cowboy wrestlers throughout the history. Um, Page told Lambert to get to the point. Lambert complimented Page saying he didn't take, quote, the Cody Rhodes route of using backstage politics to get to the top. Page has earned everything except the cowboy persona he wears. Lambert said to keep the title and the money, but, quote, stop disrespecting the legacy of the wrestlers that came before. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, again, the segment ended with Lance Archer returning from injury, which was great to see him back. 
you got somewhat of a reaction. Uh, listen, I don't think fans really like Lance Archer like that. You know, when I seen him, I was happy to see him, but I wasn't jumping out of my seat. I really wasn't. But again, um, I'll compliment on, you know, this upcoming feud in a little bit. So he came out and all of a sudden attacked Adam Page and beat him down, hitting the blackout through the chair, which was a nice spot. Great sell by Adam Page. Uh, again, this feud, I like it. I genuinely like it, right? It's a new feud, and this is going to happen at uh, Revolution, which is great. You know, the reason why this is happening, I hope everybody understands why this match is happening. It's not confirmed, but it's most likely going to be confirmed very soon. Britt Baker is going to defend that AEW Women's Championship against Thunder Rosa at AEW Revolution. I hope you all know that. She will defend that title against Thunder Rosa at AEW Revolution. And that match is going to be the main event on that pay-per-view. I want to make everybody aware of what's upcoming. Don't be surprised if that happens. You know... I'm not saying I'm better than everyone else and all this other shit, you know, but you can kind of look at where AEW is going right now with Britt Baker, you know, and right now it just feels like it's time for Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker at AEW Revolution, and that deserves to be the main event. Again, um, I'm going to be covering the news and rumors, and I got an article that has to do with Britt Baker talking about, you know, possibly main eventing, you know, uh, a pay-per-view, the women's division. They need a big women's division match to main event a pay-per-view, and they and she hopes it happens this year. And I think that location will be at Revolution, and the opponent will be no other than Thunder Rosa. I can't wait. I'm very excited for that. Again, that's pure speculation on my behalf. I haven't read any news and rumors on that uh, direction being forward. Again, pure speculation on my behalf. But Adam Eggman Page kind of needs a replacement feud right now. Lance Archer is not beating Adam Eggman Page. Now, after Lance Archer is over, because I do think this is a one-off feud, the question is, who's after Lance Archer? I think it's either going to be CM Punk, MJF, or Adam Cole. Now, MJF and CM Punk, I firmly believe it's going to be a Number one contenders match. The winner being the new number one contender for Adam Page. Possibly at double or nothing is what I think is going to happen. And if that's the case, I think it's ultimately going to be MJF getting that nod. Going after Page at double or nothing. And possibly beating him. Which I think it's going to be the case. We'll see what happens. Again, pure speculation on my behalf. Next up, we've seen Art Anderson was backstage with his son, Brock, and Lee Johnson. He said that he was proud of the two, but Tully Blanchard and FTR rudely interrupted. I love FTR. I love them, man. They're great. And they tried to recruit Brock. Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar is an AEW. No, I'm just playing. It's not Brock Lesnar. Uh, they challenged Brock and Lee to a match next week. Simple promo segment and keep it pushing. I love it. A video package repackaged uh, recalled Jay Cargill winning the TBS championship. Again, controversy 
is an understatement. I know a lot of people do not like that she's the champion. I love it. I'm a fan of Jade Cargill. I see the potential in Jade Cargill. She just needs to get better inside the ring, and she needs to do it really quickly because you're the TBS champion, and a lot of people don't think she deserves to win that title, but a lot of people genuinely feel she does deserve to win the title. I feel like she does deserve to win that title, what she did, but let's be honest, and I'm always about being honest with you guys each and every time I'm on my show. Jade Cargill's got to pick it up and pick it up quick. Because the TBS Championship, it needs to feel like an intercontinental championship workhorse title. Jade Cargill is not a workhorse. She can get there. Right now, this was the plan all along. Jade Cargill was the plan since day one. That's great. You stuck to your guns, Tony Khan, and you gave her the title. Great. Now, she needs to back it up in the ring. So I hope she does. She looks great, man. Great look. Very attractive. You know, um, she has the personality. She has the microphone skills. All she needs is to get better in that ring. And when she gets better in that ring, sky's the limit for this girl. No question. Speaking of women, we've seen one-on-one with Serena Deed and O'Carl Sheeta. Serena Deed defeated O'Carl Sheeta. Uh, man, this match. You want to talk about time limits, man. WWE's women's division. They be doing them women dirty. They really do. They don't get a lot of time. Tonight is understatement. Serena Deed and Carl Sheeta deserved more time. I feel like there was too many matches on this show tonight. There's too many matches on AEW Dynamite now. It feels like there's like six, seven matches on each show. You need to scale it back, Tony Khan. This was personal. This was a rivalry, and this felt like it went under 10 minutes. I think it did go under 10 minutes. I didn't like that. They had a couple of mat like spots here and there, but then they went immediately to the finish. It was about a Carl Sheeta's you know, leg being a focal point of the match. I don't know, man. I didn't like it. I thought that was fucked up, and you know, Dustin Rhodes, he's talking about the women's vision. It's in the news, and it's a credible news report, and it's an important report that I will get to when I talk about the news and rumors coming up soon this weekend and stuff like that, so I'll get to that. Serena D chopped off uh, Carl Sheeta's leg during the uh, entry ramp. She tried to attack her with Sheeta's kendo stick, but Sheeta uh, kicked out of the way. Instead, Deed dropped Sheeta's leg over the steel steps, which obviously the focal point of the match. The match started and Deed uh, immediately started targeting Sheeta's leg. She went for the Serena lock and Carl Sheeta literally tapped in three minutes. Again, this went under 10 minutes. I thought it went around 10 minutes. I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. I got my uh, notes here and it says about three minutes. AEW's got to get it together with the women's division, man. They really do. They're, they're fucking slacking. You know, you, you, you people in IWC want to talk about WWE's women's division is awful. I'm not saying AEW's women's division is awful, but what I will say is, no question, right? And I'm always honest with you guys. This is my opinion. They're fucking up in terms of management and time, uh, excuse me, time management. They're fucking up on with the women's division. WWE, 
Let's face facts. They're doing it on purpose. They don't give a fuck about the women's division. AEW cares about the women's division, but they're putting up too many matches on the show each and every week, and the women are getting the shaft. Again, I'll talk about that when I talk about the news about Dustin Rose from Fightful Select regarding the women's division. After the match, Serena Deed cleared out the official and Doctor repeatedly uh, smacking Sheeta's knee with the kendo stick. This is not over. I want them to have a third and final match at AEW Revolution. I am pitching an idea right now. I would love to see Serena Deed versus a Carl Sheeta in a hardcore match. Let's get it. Next up, we've seen Jurassic Express and Christian Cage were backstage. They wished Ray Phoenix well and outlined an open challenge to any top five tag team. Yeah, sending all my thoughts and prayers to Phoenix, man. It's crazy what happened to him. So John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order arrived and challenged them to a match on Rampage. It's probably what's going to happen. Again, I don't really watch Rampage, you guys. I really don't. I only watch it if it's important. So, there you go. Too much wrestling to watch. So, you know, I love Matt Hardy. I think Matt Hardy is a legend. Give me the fucking Hardy boys already, please. Because this is fucking awful. I'm not a fan of this whatsoever. The Hardy, you know, office stuff. It's awful. That's my opinion on it, man. But Matt Hardy cut a promo on Penta saying he would, quote, delete him and send him to the hospital to be with his brother. Ooh, bars. Bars. That was good. You know, that was really good. But listen, Matt Hardy, I love you. Big fan of you, man. But uh, get Jeff Hardy and get the Hardy boys back, man. Penta L-Zero with Alex Abrahandes defeated Matt Hardy with Private Party. Again, this match was short. These matches were short tonight. So, at the end of the day, we seen uh, Penta escaped with the twist of fate and hit an insiguri before avoiding a moonsault. He then hit the fear factor for the 1-2-3. I mean, nothing really to talk about here. Uh, Penta is kind of directionless right now. I would love to see him kind of go on a singles run. Maybe go after the TNT Championship. There's another idea there. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Penta El Zito Mieno. You know, those two guys going, you know, battling for the TNT Championship. I would love to see that. Because right now, Phoenix, he's not going to be back for a bit. So, for the time being, put Penta in the singles division and have him go after the TNT Championship. After the match, Penta addressed Malachi Black in Spanish saying he'd show Penta some respect. Lights went out, and Black appeared, attacking Abrahandes, Malachi Black, down Penta with a high knee and went after Penta's mask. But the Varsity Blondes then ran out, and, you know, all hell break loose. Uh, Julie Hearth then got them to stop. The lights then went out. Yeah, this was dope. (laughs) This was dope, man. Brody King. Hey, man, we're, we we have a connection. Brody King. Me and you have a connection, bro. You're the king. I'm the king. I like you. So, 
Uh, <laughs> he appeared in the middle of the ring. Crowd went insane. Crowd went bonkers. I went bonkers. I loved it. I thought this was a great way to debut Brody King. This was great, man. I loved it. I loved it. Um, so Brody King appeared, and then him and Black uh, completely dominated everybody. Uh, you know, Malachi Black and King are the current PWG Tag Team Champions, referred to the Kings of the Black Throne. I mean, they're the king. I'm the king. I love it. I love it. King of creativity is me. When it comes to creative ideas... I'm the king of that. I am. They're the kings. I'm a king too. It's great. I love you guys. It's not a cocky name. It's just I, I really feel like when it comes to creativity, I always have to explain this to people because people think I'm cockier. I'm not. It's just I'm confident in my abilities when it comes to coming up with great creative ideas. That's why I call myself that. That is the leisure of it. That's the story of it. So there you go. Chris Statlander, Red Velvet, and Layla Hirsch were backstage with Tony Schiavone. Hirsch wanted uh, Statlander to focus on their upcoming trios match before Velvet talked her down. I, I couldn't care. I uh, These women have no direction. You got to get these women in a feud or something. You know, because I felt like this was kind of pointless, in my opinion. You know, nothing really happened here, man. That's it. So, that was my thoughts on that. Uh, we've seen Caster. He called out Darby Allen and Sting in his pre-match rap. The acclaim on the top ramp, and they were talking about how they are the top tag team ranked in the tag team division. But they haven't been doing nothing, though. <laughs> Your rap is great, homie. You want to get gangster with it? Your rap is dope, dog. It, it is. It's cool. But... The acclaim, I'm kind of over the acclaim. Don't give a fuck really about the acclaim. Am I, a, am I a hater? I ain't a hater. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, bro. I think the acclaim are cool. But let's get this facts. They're not all that, man. They're not. Did I rather some feathers? I probably did, but it's all good. It's just my personal opinion. You can't take my own opinion. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. So... We've seen the acclaim, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. They defeated Bear Country, Bear Bronson, and Bear Balter. Again, these matches were fucking, you know, short. So it was hard for me to get invested. I thought this was kind of a nothing match. And I'm not alone on that. A lot of people I talked to kind of thought this was kind of a dull match as well. I actually was looking on social media around this time and a lot of people thought tonight's show was black. You know, I thought it was decent, but it wasn't anything to run home about. You know, but we cannot be expecting AEW to hit banger after banger each and every week. But if I was running uh, a promotion, that's what I would want to do every week. Have that mentality of how can I outdo what I did the previous week? How can I outdo what I've done that previous couple months? That's my mentality. So... Uh, we see Balter fought off both the claim on his own and set up the bear bomb. Caster avoided it and then rolled up Bronson for a two. He then hit the mic drop for the win. Okay. So after the match, we've seen Sting made his entrance. I love Sting's entrance. It's great, right? The snow falls down, quote-unquote. It's great to see. 
I love Sting, man. Sting is wrestling. He's having a ball. Vince McMahon, you're fucking stupid. But uh, Sting's having a great old time. So Darby Allen attacked Caster from behind as Sting took out Bowens with the bat. Sting hit the Scorpio death drop, and the segment ended there. Let's talk about creativity. Let's do it. So Pac, with a video promo played, he said that he was blind now, but, quote, his vision has never been so clear. What are you, Daredevil now? Are you Daredevil, bro? I love Daredevil. You know, Netflix can go fuck himself, you know, for, you know, ending that series. I love Daredevil. One of my favorites. You know, I mean, he's with Spider-Man now. That's off topic. But, uh, you know, he reminded me of Daredevil with the blind, right, with the full thing and, you know, talking like he's blind. You're a blind man. You got powers, right? Because your vision improves, you know. You kind of have powers, right, Pac? Let's see it. Let's do it. Speaking of Pac, again, Brody King, Malachi Black, and Pac, Trios Champions 2022. House of Black. Pac in the House of Black. You add a female to that, Julia Hart or someone else. Sign me up, man. I would love to see that. So we got the Rampage lineup uh, in my notes here. So it will be Adam Cole versus Trent Beretta. I'll probably check that out. Chris Statlander, Red Velvet, and Layla Hirsch going up against Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny. Eh. Sean Spears versus Andrew Elvert. Don't really care for that. And then the AEW World Tag Team Championships are on the line. Jurassic Express versus the Dark Order, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Might check that out. Now, next week's Dynamite. Looks pretty decent. Uh, intergender taxi match with Adam Cole, Bay Bay, and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Orange Cast and Chris Statlander. That should be really good. CM Punk versus Sean Spears. Should be decent. Serena Deed versus Sky Blue. I love Sky Blue. Shout out to Sky Blue. Yeah, shout out to Sky Blue. Uh, <laughs> the TNT champion, Cody Rhodes, returns. And then Sting and Darby versus The Acclaim. Looks to be a decent show. One, two, three, four, five. Again, five matches on a two-hour show. You know, I could definitely see at least two of these matches going short. So, you know, they kind of have to focus on storytelling a little bit more with these matches. And I don't want to see six, seven, five matches on a two-hour show because I would love every match to have some terms of importance. So that's just my opinion. Backstage, Matt, Matt Hardy was frustrated. Andrade El Idolo walked up and told him to focus, offering to negotiate a deal. I, You know, interesting, I guess. Um, Andrade El Idolo needs direction. This guy's too talented to not have a direction and a focus. We'll see what happens. Main event, David Crockett. David Crockett Promotions, man. Um, he was here present to interterm the uh, TNT Championship to the winner. Obviously, the winner was Sammy Guevara as he defeated Daniel Garcia. This was a great match. This was fun. They got time. Um, there's nothing really else to it. So that's pretty much it for Dynamite tonight, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, Sammy Guevara celebrated after the match, and uh, that was it. Nothing really too pretty about it. That's your review of AEW Dynamite for Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. I hope you guys enjoyed. Please go continue to listen to the Wrestling Takeover on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and all other podcast platforms. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Follow the podcast on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. If you guys don't want to do that, you guys actually want to check out my link tree. Uh, you know, the link is on Twitter. It's on my podcast Instagram account. It is linktree.com slash Jordan Turner. It gives you guys easy access to my Twitter, my Instagram, and my podcast on the podcast platform feeds that I have my show on. Now, news and rumors. News and rumors. Um, we are actually going to be doing the news and rumors tomorrow. There's actually some topics that I want to get to in terms of the news. And we're going to talk about it tomorrow. I'm going to be busy all Saturday. Um, and I want to kind of do it on Thursday. Um, I might have it returned back to Thursday moving forward. I'm not sure. I'm kind of undecided. I got to come up with the decision with that. But for this weekend... It's on Thursday, tomorrow. So we're going to cover uh, the news and the rumors. What you guys can look forward to tomorrow. WWE NXT creative team is now under Bruce Pritchard's command. We'll talk about that. I'm also going to be talking about in just an opinion that I want to get off my chest. Has, you know, no news surrounding it. It's about Bianca Belair and why I feel she's going to win the Women's Royal Rumble. We'll talk about that. Also, news came out with MLW filing an antitrust lawsuit against the WWE. That's some crazy shit. I've seen that, and I'm going to give you guys my honest opinions on what I think of these two articles in terms of that topic. Again, Britt Baker suggests heading into a pay-per-view is the next step in the growth of AEW's women's division. We're going to talk about that news report, and then we're going to be talking about the last topic, Dustin Rose says, quote, it's unfair that women get fewer chances on AEW Dynamite. We're going to be talking that news and rumor as well. And that's what you guys can look forward to tomorrow with the newest episode right here on the Wrestling Takeover. That's going to be coming up tomorrow. So make sure you guys set your notifications and for that episode. So I appreciate the continued love and support. Thank you guys very much. Um, the growth has been slow, but... We're going to keep on pushing, and I'm going to continuously to be consistent, be creative, and be honest with my views and opinions that we love the world of pro wrestling on, man. So thank you for the support. Uh, you guys have a great night, and uh, I will see you guys tomorrow for a newest episode right here on the Wrestling Takeover. Soundstrike.